0: Sometimes it feels like our sins have created a permanent stain on our soul, but our Lord promises that when we repent, repent, our sins will be blotted out and we'll experience times of refreshing from the Lord. Join me today for Devotion Friday as we learn about the blessings of repentance. Love God, love your neighbor. This is Creeds and Deeds. psalm 23 a psalm of david the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a rock before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Al. Today is Devotion Friday, and today we are looking at Blessings of Repentance by James L. Harvey, who is a senior pastor of Evangelical Presbyterian Church in, of New York, in Newark, Delaware, Delaware, sorry, and an adjunct professor at Cairn Univer- University School of Divinity in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. This is parented in Table Talk Magazine for August 2018 on page 35. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you jesus acts three nineteen to twenty. This verse is a beautiful description of the Christian life. Repentance is changing our minds about sin and turning our lives back to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is foundational, for, as John Calvin emphasized. We could never turn back to God unless we were sure that He would receive us. The Christian, sorry, Christ's perfect life on our behalf and sacrificial death in our place reconciles us to God, Romans 5, 18-19. Our gracious Father in heaven sent His beloved Son on a mission to reclaim us. What wondrous love from our Father! What incredible sacrifice from our brother, Jesus Christ! To behold, or the Holy Spirit makes our hearts new, that we may behold Christ as our, own, as our Savior. Once that happens, faith is the inevitable fruit. Repentance is the inevitable con- consequence. Peter says that when we repent, our sins are blotted out. The term means to wipe away. In ancient times, ink letters written on papyri didn't soak in, but remained on the surface. You could wipe them away. Does the stain of your sin seem indelible? It is not. The blood of Christ has wiped away your sins as far as the east is from the west. You are clothed in perfect righteousness. You are free. Sin no longer reigns. This blotting out of sin is foundational to experience times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. God is love. It is His nature to bless. With the barrier of sin being removed... We dwell secure in His life-giving presence. How quickly we forget that our Father stands ready to bless us, to grant rest to our weary souls, and to fill us with His Spirit. He invites us to cast our cares upon Him. Knowing that He cares for us, 1 Peter 5-7, when we act contrary to our new nature and commit a sin, He invites us to confess. He assures us that He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1.9. This cleansing from unrighteousness doesn't refer to our righteous status before God, which is irrevocable, Romans 8.1. It refers to removing the stain upon our spirit that an unholy act leaves behind. The times of refreshing that we experience now from the presence of the Lord are a down payment on future glory, Ephesians 1.13-14. Peter says that our repentance toward God in Christ will result in Christ's returning from heaven for us. What an encouragement for our weary souls. When our Lord returns, he we will be transformed to be like His glorious body. Philippians 3.21 Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Hebrews 11.26 There are sorrows, losses, and crosses that will be fully rectified only by the final rewarding and glory, but thanks be to God that he provides times of refreshing to sustain us along the way. Today on Learn the Faith, we'll be looking at question 21 of the New City Catechism. Please note that today we're moving from... Part one, which was God, creation and fall and law, into part two, which is Christ, redemption and grace. So let's get started. Question What sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Answer One who is truly human and also truly God. Scripture proof Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and a uh, commentary on this is from augustine of hippo he who existed as the son of god before all ages without a beginning designed to become the Son of Man in these recent years. He did this, although he who submitted to such a great evil for our sake had done no evil, and although we, who were the recipients of so much good at his hands, had done nothing to merit these benefits, begotten by the Father, he was not made by the Father. He was made man, in the mother whom he himself had made, so that he might exist here for a while, sprung from her who could never and nowhere have existed except through his power. We'll also read the one from Brian Chapel. Why do we need a redeemer who is truly human? One reason is so that he can identify with us. The Bible says he was, in every respect, tempted as we are, without, yet without sin, Hebrews 4:15. He went through our experience, so He understands what we go through. He is our High Priest. He understands how we suffer. We understand that God can identify with us. But even as He identified with us, having by having lived a hard life, by having been humiliated, and by having gone through the humble circumstances, He did it with perfect obedience not doubting the love of his father and not wavering from his father's path. That means that not only could Jesus identify with that, with what we experience as humans, he could become the perfect substitute for us. In my sin, I'm separated from God. He's holy, I am not. For God to be just and holy, he cannot identify with my sin. God had to provide a way for my sin to be put on another he did that by having his son come in human likeness human form but living perfectly so that he could be my substitute for my sin because jesus lived a perfect life when he willingly suffered the penalty for my sin on the cross it was right adequate and perfect substitute for my sin and for your sin jesus could identify with what we go through Because He lived perfectly in obedience, He became the perfect substitute for our sin. And because He took our sin upon Himself, having identified with us when He rose from the grave and ascended to His Father, He became the perfect advocate for us. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. Because He retains His human-like features and functions in His divine nature, He still understands the entirety of our human experience and knows exactly what we need. But he's also god and because jesus is god he can accomplish the purposes for which he came even now he can rule our world in such a way that all god intends for our lives will happen and when he was put to death because he was god he could not only fully pay the sacrifice for our sin and pay the debt we owed he could rise from the grave death could not defeat him because jesus is alive he Because He is sovereign, because He is divine and risen to God, He continues to advocate for us. But even more than the advocate, Jesus accomplishes God's purpose in our lives. He is the God who accomplishes all that we need, even as He is the man who understands all that we need and provides all that we need. Jesus, perfect God, perfect man is the redeemer that we needed and he accomplished all that was necessary by identifying with our humanity and doing what god had to do to save us join me today in prayer as we read the servant in battle prayer from the valley of vision prayer book o oh lord I bless thee that the issue of the battle between thyself and Satan has never been uncertain and will end in victory. Calvary broke the dragon's head, and I contend with a vanquished foe, who with all his subtlety and strength has already been overcome. When I feel the serpent at my heel, may I remember him whose heel was bruised, but who, when bruised, broke the devil's head. My soul, with my inward joy extols the mighty conqueror heal me of any wounds received in the great conflict if i have gathered defilement if my faith has suffered damage if my hope is less than bright if my love is not fervent if some creature comfort occupies my heart if my soul sinks under pressure of the fight O thou whose promise is balm whose touch every touch life draw near to thy weary warrior Refresh me, that I may rise again, to wage the strife, and never tire until my enemy is trodden down. Give me such fellowship with thee, that I may defy Satan, unbelief, the flesh, the world, with the light that comes not from a creature, and which a creature cannot mar. Give me a drought of thy eternal fountain, that lieth in thy immutable, everlasting love and decree." Then shall my hand never weaken, my feet never stumble, my sword never rest, my shield never rust, my helmet never shatter, my breastplate never fall, as my strength rests in the power of thy might. Lord, we come to you now to pray for the things that we need in this world to ask you our supplications and to turn them over to you. God, I pray that I would consider others more important than myself for the love of Christ controls us. And having concluded this, that he died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they may live. They who live might not longer, longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Lord, I pray for my wife and I, that the two of us may pray together daily and that you would help us to come together in you as we focus to you, that it would bring us closer together, that Bree and I would come together with you as the center. Lord, like it says in your word, two are better than one because they have a good return from their labor. For if either of them falls, they will have one another to lift them up. And that if two lie down together to keep warm, because we can't keep warm on ourselves, Lord. And you say that a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart, because when the two of us come together in you, it's not just Brie and I trying to get be together, that you're there too, and that it's the three of us together. And God, I pray for my brother Chris and his uh, fiancé Sydney, Lord, I pray that you would keep them in your spirit. Keep them walking the path that you've set out for them, God. As they approach marriage, Lord, I pray that they would do it in a way that is glorifying to you and that you would be their God for their whole life, Lord. And I pray that you will help them to have a pastoral guidance and leadership that guides them into marriage in the right way. And God, I pray for the families of those that were shot today in that mall during Black Friday when they were out trying to get Christmas gifts for their loved ones and then got shot and died. And Lord, I pray for whoever the shooter was too. I pray that you would bring him to repentance and to faith in you so that he can turn away from the evil deeds that are controlling him and turn back to you, God. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.